And Barnes hits one high. It's a deep. It is out of here. 7.56. Barnes stands alone. Now Booker with Tucker on him. Throws it up for eight. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo. What a block from Giannis. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead. And they're putting Curry in the pick and roll trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown. Send it in, Jerome. That's for damn sure. Yes, 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 yes. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Stacks. Joined, as always, every Sunday with my guys, Mr. Big Ball and Ben Larson. Swerving Irving. What is up, fellas? Happy Sunday. Glad to be here. Ben, you should have put a blanket over that Franco jersey. <clears throat> it's not a, it's not confirmed yet. We just got a, a notification from ESPN that he's not traveling with the team either. Yeah, so, so I'm pretty sure the allegations is pretty yeah. serious. I've got another jersey ordered. We'll see if uh, we'll, we'll see when it gets here. <laughs> he's already he's chalking that Franco jersey up as an L right now, man. What a crazy story for those of you that have been living. So, and put a big bond. bonds jersey. Mm-hmm. Well, for those of uh, for those of you that have been living under a rock today, during the Tampa Bay and Cleveland game earlier around <coughs> noon Pacific Standard Time, uh, some things started to go on viral on the interwebs with Wander Franco with a girl that claims to be fourteen years old. Uh, ben, before we went on air, we were kind of talking about it. Kind of want you to elaborate on what you were saying as part of like the allegations and the like what's being investigated because you you kind of made a good point as far as being in the DR and, and and so forth and stuff like that. And Ben wasn't justifying it whatsoever. He was just saying no, that there's right. legalities to it. There there are definitely legalities, and first and foremost, like fuck the mom who's pimping out her daughter who could be 14, could be 19. Like, we, we don't know um, what the, you know, what the, the age really is. It hasn't really come out yet. Um, but we've got two, two somewhat issues. Is, is this happening? Was this happening in the States or was this happening in the Dominican Republic? In the States, you have, uh, you know, laws against, um, you know, uh, uh, the, you have the age of consent laws. Dominican Republic doesn't have an age of consent law. Um, in some states, you can, if the person who's under age tells you that you, they're above age, then you, you're not necessarily in the clear, but it's less harsh because, you know, either way, he should have done his due diligence and, you know, finding out if this girl really was 14. 17, 19, you know, who knows? Um, you know, it's, it's, 
it's a whole sticky situation at this point, and nobody really knows what's, what's going down until we find out this woman's age. Yeah. And the fact that she's got a ton of different major and minor league ball players who follow her and like all of her pictures and like who have now mass exodus from her page is a little interesting too. To see that Wander might not be the only one who's uh, getting this girl passed around. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have laughed at that. Um, well, I mean, it, but it's, it's, it's all on the mom. The mom is pimping her daughter out and asking for 200k and a mercedes like what first off yeah that that's the that's how everything is coming out is the mom was trying to extort wander for 200k and a new mercedes and wander said no but is she doing that because she's gonna is she like threatening to out it or is she saying like what well how was like what? What do you what do you talk about? Because it sounds by this by the fact that she's saying like, "Oh, I want two hundred thousand or whatever." That, that she's basically saying like, "Hey, check it out, dude. Either you give me this, or I'm gonna fucking go out with this in public and let everyone know." Yeah, that's what she did. Yeah, and and that's what she did. Wander said, "No, I'm not giving you the the money in the car," and she went out and posted this on Twitter. But is that is that pimping her out, or is that just saying like? Yeah, that's pimping around. If she knows her daughter is a certain age and she's lying to people and telling them that she's older and the mom knows what she's doing and has around all these athletes, then that's basically, yeah, she's she was grooming her daughter to basically be a damn prostitute. Yeah. Or escort. Well, yeah, basically an escort. But the only thing that could clear Wander and save him is he had no idea. Like, if she was, if he has, like, text messages and all that to show, like, she said she was a certain age, and then he showed her mom threatening him, saying, like, oh, she's this old. If you don't give me this or give me that, yep. then it's going public. But like Ben said, the biggest key is, is going to be, was it happening in the States or was it happening in the DR? Because if it was happening in the DR, it's a totally different ballgame out there. See, but even then, like, Jordan, before we were on, Jordan was talking about the precedent behind the the matter, is if this this girl is young, she does look young. She also looks old in some pictures because she's fucking caked with makeup. So, like, the precedent behind it is you have to do your due diligence as a professional athlete, as a male, oh, yeah, he's as a person. Some type of suspension, fine, something. Yeah, I, I think the I think the toughest part is is even if it was in the DR and it's legal, like you still have to face the the public court of opinion in America. You know, yeah. and yeah, so that's what I'm saying. That could probably definitely destroy his. Uh, his what's the name? His his uh, career, his career, his image, his, his career, all of that. Yep. Um, yep. sorry, we went off on a little tangent there. We had to get we had to get that news out. We're probably gonna bring it up in a little bit when we talk about the playoff picture as well, because you know, not only is not only are the Rays going through this now, but I mean, Shane McClanahan is now out for the season, so you can add him to Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs. So they're down their three best starters coming into the their season. Top three starters. Sheesh. Which is insane. Uh, before we get to that, I do want to mention, go to our YouTube, youtube.com slash at Taproom Sports Podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe. Get notified when we go live. Also, twitch.tv slash Taproom Sports. You can follow Irv on Twitter at Swerving Irvin TSP. Follow myself at Jordan Rules TSP. Follow the podcast at Taproom underscore sports. Yes, yes. Uh, ben, what are you sipping on tonight? I got a special one tonight. Uh, it is um, 
from Dunlow Brewing Company, which is out of Davis, California. Um, so probably about an hour north of, uh, of the Bay Area here. Um, this is a 6.7% West Coast IPA, uh, and it is called Aquarius Rex. Um, bought it for the can art, um, and, and the can art alone, uh, I, I saw the T-Rex, and I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm buying this. Um, and it's a West Coast IPA, which is turning into one of my uh, yeah, more liked beers. Um, it's got Centennial Mosaic and Simcoe Hops coming in at 6.7%. So nice. taking a sip, it, it's pretty hoppy. So nice. I love them West Coast IPAs. Yep. Love it. What do you got? Uh, I'm just sipping on the Hop Ride IPA from Tanaya. It's actually been a long time since I've had a, a Hop Ride IPA. It's been like six months. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, man. I I usually drink Gypsy Fade or the Pilsner there, but mm-hmm. decided to uh, switch it up this week. And I also had a, a special Crowler, but I ended up drinking it last night. So there we go apologize for that but I'll, I'll i'll probably get another one and drink it on tuesday as well for tuesday's show but uh yeah man excited for tonight's show man we got a lot going on nfl is starting up week one of the preseason we're gonna hit on that uh but most importantly like we are we're really i say this every week but we're, we're really getting down to the dog days of summer here in mlb and we're really you know shaping up the playoff picture and obviously we open with the Wander Franco Franco story, which is huge, you know, for the for the Rays because you know, Ben and I were talking before we went on air, uh, while we were waiting for Irv, and you know, Frank if they lose Franco, he's been their best offensive player the whole season. And he's been their best offensive player since the all star break. They lose him and on top of losing Shane McClanahan and on top of rap. the Rasmussen and yeah, dude, I just I don't know if they're going to be able to sustain it. Like, they might not make the playoffs. Yeah. Right? They got 40, 44 games left, I think. Yep. Where are we at? 70, 51, it's around 20. There. So, yeah, 42 games left. And they can drop five games to Houston and Toronto, who are playing well, to Seattle. Seattle. Who's playing well right now. Yep. Like, this, this could be a complete a derailment. I don't want to say, you know, choke job. Jordan corrected me on that earlier because you have your top three pitchers out, but a huge derailment for this team who, I mean, was nothing could stop them for what? Two thirds of the season. Yep. I mean, they were incredible, man. Like they were unstoppable and you got to give the Orioles a lot of credit too, because while the Rays were playing that well. The Orioles were like right on their tail, you know what I yeah. mean, all season. And then, you know, they finally broke through, and now they've taken over first place. And like, if you're the they Orioles, take advantage of those hits. Yep. And if you're the Orioles, you got to be looking at this like, bro, we're in the driver's seat now, dude. Like, yeah. this is all bad for Tampa. And if you're if you're those teams like Seattle, Boston, and New York, you got to be looking at it like, yo, our season isn't over. Like, we definitely have a chance to fucking get in the playoffs. Uh, you know, like the Yankees, they, they obviously have their issues. Blew a four-run lead in the ninth inning today to the uh, Marlins. Boston's been very up and down, like just very, very inconsistent. And Seattle's like, they, they've caught fire, and then they ran into the Orioles this weekend, and Orioles took two of three um, in that series. So, And and then Toronto, dude. I mean, Toronto looked like they were going to get swept by the Cubs. <laughs> and. 
it's crazy. We talked last week about what teams we thought were going to make it and weren't going to make it. We kind of all agreed on the on the American League, except except as far as uh, the division winners. Mm-hmm. Has has any of your opinions changed on the American League and who you think is going to make the playoffs now after this last week, Irv? No, not really. Like, it is. You the, think Tampa will still make it? Nah, they, they lose Wander for the rest of the season. They already lost McClanahan. I don't think they hold it together because those players have to play way above their head. And they can't go out and add any quality bats. Is after the trade season, they could probably look at the waiver wire and try to add some type of quality there. But what is that really going to get you? Yep. Uh, they could probably call up some prospects, but this is a stretch run, so I don't know what, what can who can really make who can replace Wander Franco. Nobody. Yep. So if they lose him, man. It's I think it's over. And and it's how how long is this going to take? Because if this investigation takes, you know, two weeks, that's you know anywhere close to twelve to fifteen, twelve to fourteen games that he's going to be out of out of commission for. Well, Ben, you so, you, you said that they said that he's not traveling with the team, right? Correct. How long is their road trip? Is this like a six game uh, road to you, seven game road trip? That's a week right there. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I'm pulling up their uh, their schedule right now, but it could be. He can also travel to. Yeah, I mean, he could travel pretty easily. But when they when yeah. if he's not traveling with the team, I think that like Irv said, it's pretty serious allegations, and obviously, uh, like they don't want him around games. the team. Six games. Six games. Yeah. So he's probably um, out for at least a week. Three against San Francisco. Three against uh, the Angels. So, I mean, but again, and say it goes for another week, that's another six games, you know, through Colorado and New York. They would love to have him for the division play against New York for sure. Um, You know, and then, you know, your 12 12 games down the line, I I think, you know, Colorado isn't going to be too tough. I think this probably gives a little life to LA and, you know, San Francisco, you don't know what team you're going to get out of the Giants. So, like, this could be, you know, a place where they drop six to nine games in a nine-game set. That's huge. That, like, flips the whole playoffs. Yeah. Basically. Um, sh- I want to shift over for a minute. I don't mean to get off topic, but I want to go over to the Angels because the Angels have really been slumping too. And, Ben, you and I were talking earlier as well that, you know, Shohei's skipping. They're skipping Shohei's next start. They're saying it's arm fatigue, but I mean he's been slumping offensively. It yeah. looks like he might be actually hurt. Yeah, what was that? The, he's gone like two for twelve since Drake, or two for seventeen since Drake wore his jersey. <laughs> the so Drake, the Drake, I mean, but that just that that just shows, you know, his last. I mean, two for seventeen. That's probably what four games. His last four games. Yes, he's only. You know, maybe even five, but he's only been on base twice out of that. Yeah, or at he's, least gotten a hit twice out of that. He's been slumping, man. He's he has been slumping, and uh, you know, without him, the Angels have no fucking chance, dude. They yeah. have a very little chance as is. Um, but Irv, I was telling Ben before you came on too. I was saying if I was Shohei, I'd shut it down, dude. Like, yeah, shut it down. Get your bags packed. Get ready for L.A., San Francisco, Chicago. Um, a visit to the uh, Pacific Northwest, yep. you know, 
He he's out of there, man. Pack pack the Angels' asses up. Mike Trout could try to be the best player he can be without Shohei for the next decade. That hasn't worked for the last decade, so exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And shout out to Artie Moreno, the, the by far the, the dumbest dog shit owner in professional sports. I mean, dude, like, the, there's gonna be a thirty for thirty on on this if uh, Shohei leaves, dude. So, well, do you think Moreno gets? You know, kick to the curb if, if no, Shohei's... because he was supposed to sell the team last year and he realized how much the team was going to sell for and he probably like a projection on how much money he could continue to make if he's the owner yeah. and, he, and he changed his mind at the last minute because he did some um some uh some bull some basically some backdoor scam uh undermining type shit that um because he won a new stadium yeah. and he was going to buy because he owns the stadium but he don't own the parking lots. So he wanted to buy the, all the ground around uh, Angel Stadium and then be able to build a new stadium and be, have 100% control of everything, parking, all that. But he did a, a shady backroom deal with the mayor. The shit got somebody out of him. <laughs> and he realized, like, oh, yeah, so I'm not going to hit That's what made him want to sell the team. And then he at the end, at the last minute, he changed his mind because Disney was going to buy the team because that's who he bought it from. Yeah. Yep. Like where do where do the angels go from here? I mean, maybe this isn't the the time to have that topic, but they go to the shitter. Well, yeah. Do they? They do just they gutted their farm system to add rentals. Who's gonna be in different uniforms next year? Yeah. They try to go all in to make the playoffs with Shohei. I think they were like one in one in nine or two and ten since the trade deadline. Two and uh, two and seven. Two and seven. So it's just horrible management. Well, I you well, you really can't blame management because I'm pretty sure they wanted to trade Shohei and he kept shooting it down. But so, you, you also can't blame them because they, they did go out and they tried to Yeah, they tried. They so tried. It's not, it's, it's not the management. It's just they have a dog shit owner and they're never outside of that rally monkey year, what have they been? Yeah, I I mean long term thinking for them, I mean Moreno in the front office they 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 spend money. It's not like they're a cheap ownership. Right? Yeah, they spend money on Rodon. Yeah, two hundred fifty-four million. They just spend money on the wrong players, dude. Uh, before that, it was Justin, um, Justin Upton, right? He never lived up to his contract. Like uh, Albert Pujols, they gave him ten years, three hundred million. He never lived up to his contract. So it's just constantly they're going out and they're just they're getting yeah, the wrong Josh guys. Hamilton. Josh Hamilton, that's another one. Like I forgot about him. Yeah, they just what was that picture they gave all that money, and he just went after one year. He just went completely in the shitter. Uh, Jared Weaver. Yeah, but I mean, he was with them for so long, dude. No, it wasn't him. It was somebody else. And it was a, I know it was a free agent picture they signed, and they gave him a whole boatload of money. And then after the first year, he was just terrible. I mean, that's kind of. It's been all their free agent signings, dude. Just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they got like but, they got like one or two good years out of Albert Pujols, and the rest of it was just fucking trash, dude. Yeah, that dude was milking them. Twenty fourteen was like the only good year they've had, and that was the year they won the AL West. When the and it's like, crazy too because he was all set to sign with the Dodgers, and the and the Angels came in with an extra year and I think thirty or forty more million, and he went to the Angels. Well, that's the thing with signing free agents in baseball, dude. Is like, I love it. You're really only paying for like four or five years because once those guys are free agents at like 28, 29 years old, give them a 10 year contract. There's no way these dudes are going to live up to a 10 year deal. 
<laughs> it's insane, dude. So yeah, I mean, I I just think it's tough for the Angels. The good thing is, is like uh, Ohapi looked good before he got hurt, and Zach Nito looks good too. Those are two mm-hmm. young guys, and then Mickey, um, what's his name, Moniac? Mickey, Mickey Mo- Moniac. He looks really good too. So I mean, they do have like some young pieces to build around. Is also, Chase Solseth Sil- looks really he's nice. Not an angel prospect, is he? He was uh he was actually the first draft pick by the Phillies I think in 2017. They traded him last year for Brandon Marsh. Uh okay. I forgot about that trade. He didn't live up to the expectations in in Philly which, you yeah. know. Philly's got unrealistic expectations anyways, but uh mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I I do think that they have like young talent, dude. It's just, you know, obviously Mike Trout is only getting older and he's breaking down. He's hurt every fucking year now. And then if you lose Shohei, obviously you, you lose a guy that hits 41 home runs, strikes out 200 batters, going to give you you know, 30 good quality starts a year. It's just that, that type of production is just nearly impossible to replace, dude. And like Chase Silseth has looked really good. Um, uh, you know, Sandoval is a guy that I was high on coming into the year. He hasn't really pan, he hasn't really played as well as I, I expected. He was he was pretty good at the end of last year. Uh, Reed Detmers, bro, went on like a stretch in June where he was like unhittable, and now the dude fucking can't get outs. It's just it's insane. So I mean, they're they're. Don't forget my boy Griffin Cannon. Oh, Don't ever dude, forget him. That dude sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean this this team has talent, dude. It's just whether they put it all together and then like everyone gets hurt at the same time. Like you know they lost Drury and. They can't put it together. That's the problem. Yeah. No matter how long they had Trout, no matter how long they had Shohei, it never comes together for this team. The best they could do is play a month worth of good baseball, and after that, I think a lot of it's uh, bad luck too. They need another uh, COVID year where they're only playing sixty games. That wouldn't even help them. Yeah, <laughs> it's too, too long. Oh man, it's like it's. Just, just a comic, comical team, dude. There's curse, bro. I think that's really what it comes down to. I knew he wasn't going to trade Shohei. He just, well, he see his dollar signs, buddy. I mean, dude, you got to look at it from you got to look at it from two sides, though. Too like, I, I think it's a lose lose situation either way. You don't trade him, and you don't make the playoffs, and you lose him, right, for nothing. But if you trade him and you get prospects, those prospects are forever going to be tied to Otani, and they're always going to have these like expectations, like. Bro, you have to paint out because you were traded for Shohei yeah, Otani. That's, that's better than getting nothing. <laughs> sure, but better I mean, there's no nothing. there's yeah. no guarantee though. You know what I mean? And like those those prospects have these expectations, and I'm not saying they're not going to pan out. I'm just saying that like I got one. They'll guarantee. forever be tied to that to that trade. I got one guarantee. What's that? Shohei will be rocking a new uniform in 2024. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, I think I would put it at like. Maybe five percent, ninety-five percent. He's leaving. Yeah, five yeah, percent. He resigns, dude. I I just don't see him. And he'll probably have to give Shohei ten years, two point two billion for him to come back. Well, and and even if they do make the playoffs, they're going to get you know bounced in the first round. Uh, do you? I don't know. I I I know I'm I'm higher on the Angels than most people. I, I think this is a very talented team, dude. I really do. But again, we look at we look at what's what we were talking about earlier on on the winner of sub. And if you're in the AL, okay, maybe they win 
you know, the so they'd be in the sixth seed, so they'd be facing the. I'd have them beaten three Texas. I think they could beat Minnesota. Would they beat Minnesota? I think so. Bro, Minnesota literally been their solo home runs. They probably could beat Minnesota because if Minnesota not hitting home runs, they can't fucking score. They can't score, dude. And they hit solo home runs, dude. (laughs) Dude, dude, on Saturday night, they hit like five solo home runs, dude. Yeah. Well, then you think, you know, Texas can beat them or Houston? I think I think because, Texas can beat Houston them, but jump up. the thing with Texas, dude, is like they're due for regression, bro. Like this team is absolutely due for regression, yeah. and it's all gonna come soon. Like this team cannot continue to play. This is the luckiest fucking team I've ever seen in my life, dude. So if they get if they got into the sixth seed, then they'd play three, which is always gonna be Minnesota. And then they'd go and play the number two seed, which at that point is probably going to be Houston. So Houston's like the one team I would want to avoid because they have so much playoff experience. Like they've been there. Yeah. All these guys have been have performed on the highest stage. I think that is the toughest matchup. But obviously Tampa, I think they're going to slide a little bit with all the things going on. Um, and then, you know, Baltimore too, like, Kyle Bradish looks like a fucking buddy nace. Grayson Rodriguez looks really good. But, I mean, these guys are approaching uncharted territory in innings pitched. So, like, we don't know what we're going to get out of these guys basically for the rest of the season, really. And I think that is dangerous. Baltimore has the best bullpen, hands down. But you got to get to that bullpen with a lead. And that, that could be their issue. Texas, they could beat. Minnesota, they could beat. I mean, they could give Houston a run for their money. They beat them today. Um, in Toronto, I think they could beat too. I just think they got to get into the race, and they're six and a half back, dude. They might be too far back right now. And if Shohei's really hurt, yeah, then it's all bad, dude. Yeah. The funny thing about the Angels, dude, is like they'll get great starting pitching, and then they can't fucking hit, and then they'll hit, yeah. and then they, and can't, they can't get pitch. fucking their relief. You know, their closer goes out and blows a fucking four-run lead in the ninth yep. inning. Like, they just can't put it all together, dude. It's just... But I, I think if they got in, Ben, I, I do think I would give them a chance to win win it all. Because when you could pitch Shohei... Win it all? Yeah. No. Bro, telling When you could pitch Shohei and you could pitch, uh, you know, Silseth looks really good. Irv can attest to this, too. That, that dude looks good. They're not winning at all. There's no chance. I've, I've seen crazier things happen, man. Baseball playoffs are fucking weird. Yeah, there's no chance. I don't know, Ben. I mean, they got to get in first, dude. So I mean, yeah. that's already a long shot. <laughs> I give the I give the Mariners that's a better good. chance, yeah. dude. There's a chance they get. It. Oh yeah, I said there's a chance that they get in. I don't even think there's a chance that they go anywhere. I'd give them a very slim chance of making the playoffs. Very slim right now. Um, all right, let's move over to the NL. NL picture is kind of more clear, but, man, these fucking teams fighting for the wild card. None of these teams want to fucking get in, dude. Like, these, nope. they just keep losing. Yeah. All, all these teams just keep fucking losing. The Giants, 4-6 and six in their last 10. Miami, 4-6 and six in their last 10. But they just had a big series win over uh, the Yankees, including a four-run comeback in the ninth inning today. The Cubs... Uh, they've been really hot. 
I actually think the Cubs are probably the best team of all the wild card contenders. Arizona finally snapped a nine game win streak. They won two in a row. The fucking Padres, dude. This team three and seven in their last ten, and they're only five and a half out. But they just cannot fucking win, dude. Like they cannot put two games back to back. That's the big thing. Is the it's the two games back to back. Like if they score seven one game, you know you know for a fact they're scoring less than three runs the next game. That team is fucking cooked. And and Juan Soto came out last week and he said, We're playing like we gave up. And he's been the he's been struggling more than anybody. Yeah. Well, I also think it it very ironic that they are plus fifty seven run differential. And there's three teams above them that are negative, negative. run differential. It's because they, just, they, they they don't win close games and they Yeah, exactly. They cannot win a close game to save their life. Like today, Diamondbacks, dude. Reds, and Marlins are all above them. Well, let's put it in perspective, though. The Diamondbacks were plus run differential to like the last fifteen days. Yeah, kind of. They've been, they've been spiraling out of control with two big wins uh, against the Padres, and honestly, I think those two wins against the Padres because the Padres could have won this series and and jumped Arizona, right? But they lose this series, and now they're they have to jump three other teams, and I just I don't know if it's realistic for the Padres to do it. Like, as, as much as we talk about the, the Angels' chances being low to make the playoffs, I put the Padres' chances even lower. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because the Padres have such a good team. No, they have such a good fucking – they have four good players. Xander Bogarts well, has been fucking trash uh, for most yeah, of the on season. On paper, they have a such a good team. The craziest part is Hassan Kim is their best player. Yeah. He's been their best player all season, dude. If I told you before the season Hassan Kim was going to be the be- Padres' best player, what would you have told me? They finished in last place? Probably. Not too. <laughs> no, nah, not finished in last place. They're definitely missing the playoffs, though. Yeah. yeah. That's where they're at, dude. Yeah. They're just a struggling team, dude. And the crazy part is, too, they have the third highest ERA among starting pitching in the entire Major League Baseball. And <laughs> they fucking can't win, dude. This team so sucks. The lowest ERA, right? Yeah, third lowest ERA among lowest starting ERA, yeah. pitchers in a Major League Baseball. Yeah. And we're sitting here talking about them being 56 and 62 on August 13th. Yep. A team that had the second highest odds to win the World Series coming into the season. What was their odds to miss the playoffs? Sheesh. Oh, dude, you probably could have made a killing, bro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know somebody bet their ass to miss the playoffs. Shit. You know how many people bet them to win the NL West, dude? That was like Mm. the fucking... That was the trendy pick in the offseason. Padres to win the NL West. Yeah. Well, you got to think, too. Like, the under... Their under is definitely going to hit. Oh, dude. What was it? Like, 98 and a half? Probably, dude. They don't even have it. They'd have to win out. <laughs> like, yeah, they're cooked, dude. Like, this team is. I don't like. We talk about the Mets being the biggest disappointment because of their payroll, but I mean, like, on paper, the Padres are a better team than the Mets, and the Padres are going to miss the playoffs. I think I still have the Mets being more of a disappointment. Why? Uh, because they had to give away a lot of their assets that they spent a lot of money on. 
they sold at the the deadline. They don't have that's the, smart, Ben. Like they they I, knew yeah. like we're cooked, dude, and they fucking traded players. The Padres, on the other hand, they could have done that, and yeah, now they're gonna the, watch the Blake Snell walk. Close enough. Yeah, but, I mean the the Mets didn't even have a chance. Neither do the Padres. <laughs> Bro, the, the Padres were like three and a half back of the wild card last week, and they've won like two games since then. Like this team shout doesn't. Out them, shout out to them boys in blue, though. Yeah, the Dodgers have basically effectively uh, ended their season on Monday. Yeah, because they win that game, they're only like one and a half back of the wild card, and then they go into that fucking Diamondback series, and it changes everything. But instead, they fucking they lose that they got up five nothing. And the Dodgers scored 13 unanswered runs. Padres are just an unserious team, dude. Yeah. Very unserious. And is uh, Soto is a free agent at the end of the year. Soto is a free agent. Blake Snell is a free agent. uh, Someone I was saying, someone I was talking to was like, no, Soto's got another year. I'm like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's a free, unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Uh, they also have Blake Snell's a free agent. Josh Hader's a free agent. Yikes! They got. I wouldn't a- mind my Dodgers signing Blake Snell. I think a lot of teams. Good possibility. Yeah. Blake Snell. <clears throat> Blake Snell's gonna be the most sought after starting pitcher for sure, hundred percent. I mean, sure. We'll give him that. We'll give him that uh, Bauer deal. You know, he comes off the books next year, frees up another sixty to eighty million from my team. Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of big spenders this offseason, dude. Like, the Dodgers have a lot of money. They're going to have a lot of money to spend. Um, You know, the Yankees, I think the Yankees, like, we talked about it last show, dude. I just think if they don't make the playoffs this year, I think they're going to overspend and just, like, throw crazy. Like, I wouldn't even be shocked if they signed uh, Soto and Blake Snell. Like, that's just, this is just, that's what the Yankees do, dude. They always overreact. Now, I don't know if, if Hal is different than his dad, but I just think, like, they're listening. They listen to the New York media. You know what I mean. And like the New York media is just sitting here, like, dude, you know, we went from George who would fucking spend whatever it took to win to now we just are like content with fucking trotting out these fucking dog shit prospects that we yeah. think are good. We signed Rodon. Rodon's been fucking trash. Well, he hasn't even pitched. Well, shout out to the Yankee fan on SSAW that told me once he came back it was going to be a different team. <laughs> ah. Oh my god! I actually, I like the Yankees tomorrow against the Braves, though. That'll yeah. be nice. If Yankees win, Shaft might go out there and get their asses lit up. But yeah, I, I the Yankees are, dude. It's just they're gonna be expensive. Blew up, uh, four run lead in the bottom of the dive. They probably gonna go get they get their asses cream tomorrow, and they on the road too. Yeah, but you know the Braves that have the uh, the Sunday night. Nah, that, the, the Sunday night curse ain't been that strong this year. No, it's been good. It's just this this year MLB kind of sh- they uh, a lot of teams that have to play on Sunday night they've been giving them Mondays off. Mm-hmm. So that's I don't know. The, the Braves might be kind of pissed off. They let one get away today. <clears throat> yeah, but they also lost Ozzy Albie's and Arcia might be hurt too. So. Those are I, was, I hope he's hurt. I didn't see him. He got hurt. Yeah, he left the game in the seventh inning. Damn. Hopefully he's good. He came up. Uh, he was running to first and came up limping. I don't know if it's oh, like. Oh, that's probably a hamstring. Probably 
probably tweaked it. Yep. I don't want to speculate, but yeah, I was gonna say it was probably a hamstring. I'm not a doctor though. And then Ar- and then Arcia like twisted his knee in the ninth inning, swinging at a at a pitch, dude. He like over fucking twisted his back knee, his back right knee. Yeah, but they still got Acuna, Murphy, Olsen. Yeah, no, Olsen, without Olsen, a doubt. Olsen. But I mean, like, yeah, but yeah, especially against that dog shit uh, lineup, the Yankees trying out every day. I mean, they still got Judge. Yeah, King of, yeah, you hit three solo homers and they lose five to three. Shout, shout out to the Yankees fan on Twitter that said Judge is the best hitter since Barry Bonds. Uh, yeah, and Yankee fan, uh, whatever, uh, PCP, Sherm, you smoking, please put it down. <laughs> he ain't even a better hitter than Mike Trout. Well, Mike Trout is the best hitter since Barry Bonds. I know, that's what I'm saying. So how is he the shit? He, why would he put it? He's he not, he not even a better hitter than Shohei. Yeah, I mean, Shelly's probably better. I'd also put some other guys better, but, I mean, obviously, like, Judge hits for a ton of power, dude, which, yeah. you know. What about Matt Olson? You got to start giving him some respect, put some respect on his name. Yeah, but he don't hit for average. He, what's his average this year? Like 247. Damn, yeah, Judge do hit for average, so that makes him a little different. But he still ain't the best hitter. But Olsen does have a high OBP. Olsen is like a – he's basically Schwarber on steroids, dude. Cause Schwarber, like Schwarber, is like fucking home run, walk, or strikeout. There's no in between, dude. <laughs> like yeah, zero in between. Olsen, he'll like walk a lot, and he'll hit a lot of home runs, but he'll also hit a lot of doubles. And yeah, he often say he does get a lot of a lot of uh, base hits. Yeah, he'll get a lot of doubles because the the shift being banned really helped Olsen. Yeah, it's gonna really it really gonna really help Bryce Harper once he's back to 100 percent too because he's clearly not 100. Yeah, no, he's definitely not. Definitely not. Um, speaking of steroids, Mark McGuire came out and he was talking on AJ Przinsky's podcast and said that steroid users, quote unquote, put it in quotes because some of these guys have never been proven to be steroid users. Yep. Um, but I'll put it in quotes. These steroid users are being unfairly punished by the Baseball Hall of Fame and the media. What do you guys think about that comment? 100% agree. Why? Because Major League Baseball knew what those dudes was doing. Yep. Even the ones that got caught, they knew what they was doing. It's the reason why that list grew from 40 or 50 banned substances to damn near, what, four or 500 now? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and those four to 500s were not listed, were not, you know, told to the players during that time. Exactly. So. How, how, if you, if you, okay, if you consciously know you're cheating, okay, but. If you go, if your employers and your your league know you doing it too, what am I really cheating, or am I, am I saving the game of baseball? Oh, actually, baseball game. benefited immensely yeah. from it, dude. Without that steroid era, none of us are probably baseball fans today. Yeah, especially after the '92 strike or '94 strike, baseball was in a bad place, dude. And what was yeah. the thing that resurrected baseball? The Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa home run Jacks. chase, dude. Yep. Chicks dig the long ball. Yep. So if you want to punish all these, the Rafael Palmeros, the Alex Rodriguez, how about you go back? If you want to punish them, how about you revisit all those races you had in the 30s, 40s, and 50s that you got in the Hall of Fame that openly called black people the hard ER, 
disrespected Jews, disrespected the uh, Latino players, openly called them uh, uh, racial insults in the media. And then all this was accepted. And you go look at those guys and the Hall of Fame. So if we're going to have revisionist history, let's have revisionist history on the whole game of baseball since what? 18, well, let's say the modern game of baseball since 1900. Go back and look at all those people you put in the Hall of Fame. Look at all the uh, the dirt they got in their closet. I think it's a lot worse than uh, that's somebody. A, that's the thing, dude, is like the baseball writers and like a lot of these baseball writers that, that are anti-steroid era are getting, they're, they're dying off, dude. They're like, they're ending. Their lives are ending, right? So we're, we're starting to move past it. However, it's like it's like you said, Irv, if we're going to sit here, we're going to talk about moral character of players being in the Baseball Hall of Fame, then you're absolutely right. Dude, we need to go back and reassess every single player in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Because at the end of the day, these players are in the Baseball Hall of Fame because they were good at the game of fucking baseball, dude. You know, nobody talks about Ty Cobb and his issues. His He was the biggest racist there was. You know what I mean? Not only that, he was a fucking alcoholic. He was a fucking dickhead. Nobody has good things to say about the guy. Well, he was all a womanizer people. on top of all that. Yeah, like, and we sit here and we immortalized Ty Cobb. He's he's immor- he's an immortal legend in the game of baseball. And who's the other dude that played for the Reds? Uh, Camp Camp Anson or whatever his name was. Uh, he was like, I guess he was part of like the first Hall of Fame cast. And it's well documented that he was one of the biggest proprietors of keeping the game all white. Him and the the uh, the, uh, the the major league, the national league manager at the time, Kennesaw Landis. That's why they took his name off the was it the one of the, the I think it was the AL or the NL trophy. They took his name off of because all that racist shit about him came out and what he used to do back in the day. So if you're gonna have revisionist history, let's look at some of these goats and. Players that I'll pull up on that mantle and then pull the skeletons out their closet. Yeah. And you got them in the Hall of Fame. And at the end of the day, like steroids, they weren't even like MLB didn't look down upon them. And while they were legal, uh, legal in the, you know, they were federally illegal, you know, baseball didn't ban steroids until 2004. Exactly. So it's, that report came out with uh, snitching ass Jose Canseco. Yep. And it's 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 unfortunate because like it is a part of baseball and like not only that it's like yeah these hitters were taking steroids but so were the best pitchers dude so it's yeah, like and then ninety uh oh percent of those and some of these some of the best best names in baseball Bonds Clemens Ortiz Canseco Arod Palmero McGuire Sosa Ramirez Giambi. Sheffield, Gonzalez, Pettit. Like, it's insane, dude. That's why the Baseball Hall of Fame is undoubtedly the least talked about, the least cared about Hall of Fame in all the professional sports. The Hockey Hall of Fame has more prestige than the Baseball Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, you can't even take the Baseball Hall of Fame serious if the best player in the game isn't even enshrined. Is complete joke. How do you have a seven time? That's like Wayne Gretzky not being a Hall of Famer in the in the in the in the yeah. in the NHL. That, that, that don't even make sense. How do we know he wasn't huffing maple syrup before the games? Exactly. It's Canadian. <laughs> They're toting some crystal meth to give him some extra uh, 
Bro, bro went all the way to crystal uh, meth. Pound yeah. some a booger sugar before the game. You know? Oh mm-hmm. man, bro went all the way to crystal meth. Or some booger sugar, you know? <laughs> Insanity, but I, I mean, I'm. I think this is a topic that needs to be discussed. To be honest, because in most, it's crazy. Back. In- They just have beer. They're so serious. You get drunk as a motherfucker. Yeah. Yep. Beers in the dugout. They sit up in the bullpen and they sit them up. They're the same. Oh, oh, oh. I think we might have lost. Oh, there he is. Now he's back. We're having a. We have a storm going on here in Vegas. So. Vegas weather. Yeah. We're having some connection issues. Apologies there. Uh, I think we're back though. I think we're a hundred percent back. Yep. <clears throat> but yeah, I agree with uh, I agree with everything we're all seeing, and and I think it's a, I think it's a topic that needs to be widely discussed, dude, because it's a, a shame. And I think, I think guys that have been dodged out of the Hall of Fame, and now they're they're uh, they're like voting time is up. I think we need to go back and actually get these guys in the Hall of Fame. The Mark McGuire. It starts with Pete Rose and Barry Bonds. Yep. Mark McGuire. Roger Clemens should definitely be in as well. Like Rafael Palmero. These are dudes that should absolutely be in the Alex Hall of Fame. Rodriguez. Hundred percent, dude. Hundred and twenty percent, man. Sammy Sosa. Nah, I don't know about Sosa. I don't know if Sosa's a Hall of Famer, dude. He had over 600 home runs. I don't know, dude. It's not a player in the Hall of Fame that has over 600 home runs. It's not a, it's, it's not a player that has over 600 home runs in all, that's not in the Hall of Fame. Did you Except hear Except uh, for Sammy Sosa and Alex Rodriguez. Did you hear Sammy Sosa is uh, with his new persona? He's changing his name to S-A-M-M-I-E. He's what? Oh, he is? No, I'm just he should be he should change his Neapolitan. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's crazy. Um all right, let's talk some uh NFL, some preseason football. So week one is wrapped up. Is there anything that's happened that has like changed your mind of some teams or like gives you any hesitance on any teams? Because I mean like like first of all, like like preseason to me, like I don't put a ton of weight into it, but what I do look for in preseason is is depth. I want to see depth for teams because obviously injuries happen, and I want to see that teams can can cover some injuries with with a ton of depth. And this year, dude, I'm, I'm watching some of these teams, bro, and I'm like, man, these fucking teams suck, dude. I got a I got a couple takeaways. All right, what's your takeaways, Ben? The Niners suck. First Trey, thing, Trey Lance's touchdown no. pass was lucky as shit. Oh yeah, it definitely was. Um, but no, I mean that offensive line was trash, absolutely trash. Um, no, first, uh, first take. Um, I still don't understand how he can even be a third, third string QB. Um, Who? Uh, Josh Johnson. Why? 
Why? Because he's absolute trash. He's just third string. Yeah. Uh, still shouldn't shouldn't have a job. Um, secondly, awesome for um, Hamlin to come back, even if it was just a preseason game. Good for him to to you know be out there again. Um, what's his name? Um, Milf Hunter. Uh, Zach Wilson. Pretty good. Yeah, he um, he has looked good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Boosted his trade, you know, trade prowess there. And then uh, Bryce Young did not look good. Nah, neither did C.J. Stroud, though. Honestly, yeah. of all the rookie quarterbacks, Will Levis might not look the best. Yeah. No, Richardson had a uh, had that interception that was a horrible throw. But we knew that. he. Yeah, I mean, for the rookies, like, higher than for the rookies, I mean, it's, it's their first outing, you know. I'm. I thought the Texans should have played C.J. Stroud a little longer. I thought the Panthers should have played Bryce Young a little longer. They like pulled him out after one series. It's like, bro, you got to get their feet wet a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, Jordan Love looked really fucking good. Uh, Justin Fields threw three passes and none of them passed the line of scrimmage. And uh, bro had two touchdowns on those. <laughs> He got like 160 yards. Not a single one of the passes past the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Um, the Titans, dude, their offensive line, the depth of it. Like, we knew their offensive line was in question coming into the season. Bro, that offensive line is fucking terrible, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, every time a quarter, uh, Malik Willis or Will, Will Levis dropped back, dude, they had, like, fucking defenders in their face. Same thing for the Broncos, dude. The Broncos' offensive line, Irv, is, that is a uh, an atrocity, dude. That's going to be a major problem for that team. Was that first string or second string offense line, though? That was their first string. They were getting bullied by the Cardinals' defensive line. And, you know, a lot of these teams, they're running, like, vanilla plays, and, like, they're not really running, like, true protections and stuff like that because they're they're not trying to put tape out. So I I get it. But, you know, you see some of these teams in, like, they look a lot – their depth just looks a lot better. The Rams look like shit. The Saints-Chiefs game was a fucking comedy, dude. I don't know how the fuck the Saints won that game. Baker actually looked pretty good. I didn't watch any of the fucking Steelers game, to be honest. So I'm going to take your word for it. <clears throat> but, yeah, man, I mean, like, I don't put a ton of weight into it. But, you know, one a couple of things I will say is, like, I'm low on the Giants coming into the year. Like, I like the Giants under win total. That's one of the win totals I did bet. And I also bet they're all under win total. I think they're going to go under four games. Like, I don't think this team is going to be good at all. I think they overachieved last year. And that game against the Lions, like, definitely showed that. Like, they have no depth on defense. Their defense was atrocious last year. Bro, they can't tackle. And they make dumbass fucking penalties. They can't cover a fucking punt return. Like... That team, not good. So that was one thing I saw. The Vikings also lack a lot of depth, dude. A lot of depth on on offense. I mean, I'm sorry, on defense. Um, or what's your takeaways from any of the games? Well, week one, I don't really have a big any big takeaways. You just want to look at the rookies and see how long they let them play. Are they actually playing with the full quartet of starters? 
because they're going to make mistakes. You rather make those mistakes early, learn from them, and then they could hit the ground running in, in, in the regular season. But you know, you're going to see more. I, I probably because there's only three preseason games now, so probably that last game teams might take that game the most serious now. Because I don't even think the starters going to probably pay. The starters might have probably played one or two quarters the second game. But I see him probably playing two or three on the third game because that's when you really got to ramp it up because the season is pretty much here when that third preseason game arrives because that's when they got to do the roster cuts and, you know, make the final, shape the final roster. So you got a week um, in between, or is it two weeks in between now? Uh, I think it's just a week now. Just a week? Okay. Because um, I think the last preseason game is, let me look it up and see. It's two weeks from now. Um, yeah, but you got Raiders fans saying Aiden O'Connell is the best rookie quarterback in the class now. So he is. Him and Jay Kaner. Him and the head also. Bro, Aiden O'Connell looked good, dude. Great. The last preseason game is Sunday the 27th, and the first game is Thursday the 7th. So it's yeah, basically a week and a half, a week for week apart. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, one week. Uh, the Jets get an extra week though because they had the early game. The Jets and who who do they play? The first game, the Browns. Yeah, the, the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, they both get an extra week. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Like, you can't put a ton of weight into preseason. Like, obviously, like last year, the Bears went four and zero or three and zero in preseason, and they were the worst team in the league. But I mean, there is there is things you can take away from these preseason games for sure. And like one thing we talked about last year, remember, fellas. We kept talking about like all the teams that didn't play their starters in any preseason games were the ones that looked like shit for like the first month Coming of the season, start. dude. Yep. So I thought well, like I, I thought this year, like I think for your Broncos or I think it's great that Sean Payton, like, yeah, the starters didn't look good for a half, but at least like you said, dude, get that shit out of the way now. You know what I mean? Rather than in yeah, the, the first week starters of the season. are playing pretty much the whole preseason and on top of that. Only position that's solidified is the quarterback and, well, of course, running back when Javante, because Javante is going to be ready for game one. I think he's either going to play either this next game or definitely playing in the third game, but he's no, it's no, what, well, right tackle, left tackle is solidified, maybe center, but yeah, it's open positions. It's nothing but competition. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like there's, even just in week one, there's more starters playing? Yeah, and they were even combined with last year because they learned their lesson last year. You don't play your starters for three whole games and you trot them out there the first week. Yeah, no fucking chemistry, nothing outside of practice going against the defense. We you know they're not going to be. They're not hundred percent because you can't sack the quarterback. So, yeah. so they learn their lesson. There's nothing like live game reps. So, I mean, you yeah. got to have your starters have some type of reps in the preseason. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Way. Yeah, with someone who's got his experience, I don't I don't think they need Yeah, but you don't have experience with those players. Yeah. Yeah, Tennessee's and what they doing and how they like it. Like Jordan Love, he played down there what the whole first quarter, down there the whole first half. He played the first quarter, yeah. And he looked pretty good, but I don't think he's gonna be good in the regular season. Okay. (laughs) Not against uh first string. We're gonna save this. Well, he did play against first string defense. Uh, the Bengals yeah. didn't play their entire first string defense, but they did play a lot of first stringers. They play like the they played the starting secondary bid. That's that's the only starters they had out there. <laughs> oh man! So that's basically us playing seven on seven. There, there, there we go. 
He looked better than Justin Fields. Yep. Shout out to uh, shout out to DJ Moore though. I think he's gonna have a career year. Maybe, but if he's gotta catch balls beyond the line of scrimmage. Oh no, that it was vanilla, bro. You could tell that wasn't their game plan. They just went out there and tried to get some live reps. Because in practice, he's been throwing the ball consistently downfield all day, every day. So Packers versus Bears, week one. Yep, Packers win. We'll see. Bears. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. I think Bears are going to suck again this year too. So they sure are. It's another win total I like under. What's the win total? Seven and a half. Mm. I'm liking it. Yeah, you got the Bears a pretty big improvement. <clears throat> I mean, it's not hard to be in, or I think it's six and a half. It might be six and a half. Um, it's not hard to improve from what they were last year. They were so bad, but I, I, I think that people, they had a lot of injuries last year too. Yeah, but I mean, their defense wasn't good, and I don't think their defense is that much improved this year. Well, well none of the starters played. They added some good defense, some good free agents. They drafted some good defensive pieces too. So once they all come together, I'm not saying they're the best defense, but it should be a lot better than last year. That's not saying much because they were so bad last year. They were like historically bad last year on defense. I don't even think they was. It wasn't the worst defense last year, wasn't it? The Lions? Nah, the Bears were by far the worst defense in the league, especially after they Look- traded Roquan. DVOA or just period? Period, dude. Gave up like a historical amount of yards last year. They were 32nd DVOA. DVOA weights your competition too. Weights your schedule. Um, So, I mean, I I think they're going to be better. I just don't think they're going to be as good as everyone thinks. Like, they're the darling pick to win the NFC North. But I I do think that, like, I think people are overly valuing the Lions which I think kind of benefits the Bears in a way because everybody saw how the Lions finished the year last year and they're like, oh, well, that team's going to win the fucking North this year. But it's like, is Jared Goff going to duplicate what he did last year? Or like he didn't throw an interception for like the last six games? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not as high on the Lions as everyone. I think the North is like wide open, dude. Pretty much is. All right. So who's got the easiest? Oh, teams with the easiest schedules in 2023: Saints, Falcons, Colts, Panthers. But that's based on last year, and obviously the NFC South is going to have the easiest schedule because that that te- that division sucked last year. The team that won the yeah. division won was under 500. Yeah. And that that division is going to suck this year too. On top of it. Yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> it's crazy. It's crazy. All right. Let's get some. Uh, before we get to the best bets, have you guys both watched the uh, untold Netflix story on Johnny Manziel yet? Um. We lost it before we get to best bets. What's have you guys watched the untold story on Johnny Manziel? I haven't watched it completely yet, but I'm probably gonna watch it tonight. But can yeah. you say you shocked? I'm not. No. Well, I, I think I think the story is great, dude, because 
I had a totally different perception of Johnny Manziel before watching that documentary. Like, I thought he was like a stuck up fucking rich kid. But it's actually- no, he's not. He's, he was never that because even when he was doing that legal activity and making all that fucking money, he was paying his teammates rent. Um, he paid off Mike Evans' rent for his family for like six to eight months right before he got drafted. So Mike wouldn't have to worry about his family and bills. He could just focus on working out and becoming the uh the bet, getting the getting the becoming the highest pick he could be in the draft. Now Johnny Manziel was a real good dude. It's just he got caught up in that party life. And once you get caught up in that life, you could care less about being a professional. I'm on top of the fucking but it's, world. Man. It's, it's not even it. that he got caught up in the party life. That's who he was before he was John Johnny yeah, football. But it just made him more of who he it made him more like, of who he was. He just making he just wanted to be a college kid, dude. And once he started getting the money, it was like I could be a call a rich college kid. Like this is awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he got he only went to the NFL because he was like, Well, I can make millions of dollars, generational wealth. And like once he got to the NFL, he's like, Holy shit, this is actually a fucking job. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, I have yeah. no interest. Like he you gotta remember, dude, he was only twenty years old when he got drafted. He was still he, he would have been a junior in, in college. Like he just wanted to be a college kid. He should have stayed in college another year, honestly. He, sh- he probably should have stayed two more years, to be honest. Yeah. He wasn't mature. mature. He wasn't mature coming out, dude. And, like, and, and to be honest, like, you look at the documentary, too, like, Texas A&M did him no favors, dude. Like, nobody yeah. held him accountable. Like, nobody, like, led him or guided him. Like, that's supposed to be what a university does. And, honestly, it speaks tons of... It speaks volumes as to why Cliff Kingsbury failed in Arizona, and he's failed as a head coach everywhere because he's the first dude. Like he, he's the offensive coordinator. Like he's the first guy Johnny Manziel goes to, and like he didn't give a fuck, dude. Like Johnny Manziel goes out and he's partying all fucking night, and then goes out and throws fucking five touchdowns the next game. He doesn't care, you know. He just he he just tells Johnny, "You better go out and perform." You know what I mean, like, dude, it's crazy. They set the kid up for failure, dude. Not the yeah, kid. He's it, it just down. goes to show that that leash for an elite Division One quarterback is very long, and if you don't just do something that's just totally all um, out the way and on the, off the fringe, you could pretty much get away with anything. anything. Shit, look at that! Look at that Florida Gators documentary that's about to come out. Can't wait! That, come, that one comes out this week, I think. Right? Man, that shit's gonna be wild. Yeah, I can't wait, dude. That was yeah, it wasn't, and I knew everybody already knew, but it was never the headaches. That's not why <laughs> Urban Meyer left Florida. <laughs> yeah, well, that documentary is gonna be crazy because they were led by like the most fucking religious dude ever, and then they had like a bunch of criminals yes. on the fucking team. Teammates just out there wild. <laughs> Yeah, one dude shooting motherfucker. I love you. I love you. Stop. I'm just leave. I'm leave that alone. <laughs> Man, that Johnny Manziel story, like. One thing I want to say about it is that what it really showed me is that, you know, not every athlete, because they're a good athlete, wants to be a pro. Like, they become a professional athlete because they're just good at what they, at the sport they play. They don't yeah. love the sport. Not yeah, that. that's the difference. That's the difference between the great ones and the one that's going to be good. Like, sure, but Patrick Mahomes, damn good athlete, hell of a player. All world, everything, but he loves the game of football as well. He also loves the game of baseball. That too. Now you look at a person like Michael Vick, all world, elite talent, could do anything you want on the football field. 
he played the game because it came easy to him. Yep. That's how Johnny was too. Johnny football. Same thing, dude. Like he was good at the sport. He didn't love it. You know, well, he loved football as a kid. He loved it in high school. He loved being a Yeah, I got to remember what interview it was, but I think Michael Vick said he didn't fall in love with the game of football until all that dog fighting shit happened. And yeah, they, 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 somebody gave him a second chance. Probably yeah, missed it. Yeah. Probably took it for granted. Definitely. Mm. All right, let's get some best bets for tomorrow. Let's go, y'all. Go ahead, Benjamin. Uh, I gotta pull up my page really quick. Um, we are going with uh, all right. I got two games for tomorrow. First, I'm going to go. Uh, we're gonna go with San Francisco Giants over the Diamondbacks. Or sorry, uh, sorry, over the Rays. Um, we've got Giants sitting at uh, plus one seventeen. Um, I think with everything going on, um, you're you're gonna have you know some issues. With um, you know glass now on the hill, with the way that the the um, Rays are you know together as a team, um, so I see Ryan Walker having a good start. Um, Damn, he's ben pitched the, really well over the the year so far. The Giants couldn't hit John Gray or Dane Dunning. Do you think they're going to hit Glass now? Yep, I do. Bold take. The, okay, we're coming back. Um, then next, I'm going to go. With the Diamondbacks and um, the Rockies, we're gonna go over. Uh, we'll, we'll probably go over first five. There isn't a line out right now yet um, for it. The books have not put anything out. Um, but you got Flexen on the hill, um, who's sporting a seven point nine two ERA, as well as possibly Kelly. Um, you know, both of these. You know, both of these guys have allowed, especially in their last two starts. Um, have allowed runs to you know to pop up, and they're going to be in Colorado, so you're going to be looking at uh, you're going you're going to see a lot of runs coming in. Um, so I'm going to go over first five in um, in Arizona and Colorado. Nice. Or what you like? Uh, give me Houston money line. I got the Mariners bouncing back after a tough series against uh, the Orioles. I got them bouncing back tomorrow with Logan Gilbert on the bump versus, uh, against the Royals. The Royals have been hot, though, but I like the Mariners in this spot to bounce back. They lost two out of three tough losses, but I, I think they bounced back, and they've been pretty hot. And I was, honestly, I like the under tomorrow for the Rays and the Giants because both of these teams can't hit the ball, can't hit a fucking wiffle ball right now. So <laughs> give me the, uh, the under in that game. Man, the Rays put up like 17 runs in two games this weekend. Who the Rays? Yeah, it's Friday yeah, and Saturday. They, that 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 wasn't the last couple games. No, the Friday and Saturday they did not last game. Yeah, that was. Look at today, they scored one one. That's an and they also had Wander in the lineup. They're not gonna have Wander for probably for for foreseeable future. No, I'm saying the other games they scored a lot. They had Wander. True. It's sitting at seven and a half for tomorrow though. Oh, damn. I can't go that low. Yeah. But I'll take the Rays plus... I'll take the Rays plus one and a half. Because I think the Giants are going to be your favorites at home. All right. Rays are dogs. <clears throat> plus 117. Oh. Well, I think I got to take the Rays. If y'all can't hit uh, Dunning and Weston, I don't think y'all hitting Glass now. Ooh. 
All right, I'm going. Uh, my best bet is uh, I have one best bet for tomorrow right now. I have a couple of leans, but my best bet, the bet I've played already, is uh, the Kansas City Royals plus one and a half, minus one thirty against the Mariners. Reason being is the Royals have been really good, especially at home in the last thirty days. They're top ten in WRC plus, top ten in ISO. Brady Singer also very good at home, and the Mariners they were hot. They won 11 of 13, and then they just lost two straight to the uh, Orioles. Have to travel to Kansas City. I think the I think some regression setting in for their offense because they were like they were stupid hot. So I like Kansas City tomorrow at home plus one and a half minus one thirty. Nice. And then my other leans uh, would actually be going against Irv. I like I lean Miami Braxton Garrett against Framber Valdez. I like. I don't fade Braxton Garrett. He's nice. And I don't fade Framer, so. Bro, Framer, Framer got shelled his last start. And he's coming back with a vengeance, baby. And Miami actually, they rake left-handed pitching for what it's worth. They not going to rake this lefty. Let's roll. Take it to the bank. Also, dude, I just think Miami, the, dude, Skip Schumacher, hell of a fucking manager, dude. And I, I feel like they're, I feel like this win these back-to-back wins against New York, especially the way they won today, that's, that kind of, that's the kind of shit just propels win streaks, dude. It really is. And we'll we'll, we'll see, though. But, I mean, Framber only minus 133? I mean, come on, dude. What are, we, what are we doing here? This is the same shit with the Braves and Mets tonight. The Braves are only laying the dollar thirty, And everyone's like... Uh, to, uh... Y'all think Mac Free goes out pitches another gym tomorrow? I was, dude. I also lean uh, the Yankees plus one and a half too because the Sunday night curse and the Yankees hit left-handed pitching well, and the Yankees like they got to bounce back, bro. They got to bounce back after the way they lost today. That was a terrible fucking L. But I haven't got to the window yet on that. Don't know if I will either. I'm just throwing it out there. It's a lean. It is a lean. All right, fellas. <clears throat> Great show tonight. As always, make sure to go to our YouTube, youtube.com slash at Taproom Sports Podcast, twitch.tv slash Taproom Sports. We did have some connection issues tonight. I apologize for that. Uh, thank the Las Vegas monsoon weather here been having monsoons come through all fucking night honestly 40 minutes before the show i was like damn i don't even know if we're gonna be able to go on i thought my whole internet was gonna go out but we made it we made it through the show uh make sure to follow irvin on twitter at swerving irvin tsp follow myself at jordan rules tsp follow the podcast at taproom underscore sports you can follow us on instagram at taproom sports podcast we are all over the socials. We appreciate y'all for hanging out with us, man. You can find us on all podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Google, tell a friend. We really appreciate the support. We'll be back Tuesday night for our MLB preview and pick show for Wednesday. And then Wednesday night, Irv, myself, and AK will be back for our final college football preview, which is the, the SEC. mighty SEC or lack thereof. You never know. Definitely a lack thereof this year. And then, uh, 
and then AK and I will be uh, back the following Friday doing that will be preview and pick so we appreciate y'all for hanging out man y'all have a very blessed Monday let's get the week started off right and let's get these fucking winners let's go let's roll